Everyone, welcome back to the iFloat Radio Podcast. This is David here at iFloat, and I'm here with Anne O'Malley, or as I like to call her, Anya O'Malia, mm-hmm. uh, because her family comes from near where my family comes from in Ireland. But uh, I just want to say welcome, Anne, to the iFloat Radio Podcast. Thanks, David. I'm happy to be here. Anne has been floating with us almost about as long as. I've owned iFloat actually, which has been about about two years now. Yeah, you are one of our most consistent long term floaters. Wow, I'm I'm happy to have that title, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to have you here on the podcast actually because not only are you, have you been floating for a long time, but you've become a friend and somebody who I enjoy seeing every week and um it's been exciting to see your progression from when you first started to now (laughs) and and just for the people who are listening talk a little bit about how you came here uh, and and what your first (laughs) excuse me what your first float was like okay i i came here uh two januarys ago and it was a gift certificate after, um, for my birthday, um, from a friend who thought that I was incredibly stressed out from, uh, studying for, um, the LSATs. And, um, I remember I signed up and I was just kind of a little skeptical and I was like, what is this floating business? Is it like a glorified bathtub? And, (laughs) and I came and I, uh, you know, I was greeted and it was, surprisingly lovely and very nice people. And still, I really didn't know what to expect. And, but I was really stressed out. I remember coming in and just feeling really mentally heavy and just like stressed and permanent mark in my forehead from, from all of it. And, um, I went into my float and I, I don't know, I don't remember being conscious of like what I was thinking anymore, but I remember when I walked out, that it was, I felt like I had shed like major poundage in, in mental weight. Um, it was like, it was amazing. It it was, it was absolutely amazing. And, um, after that, I mean, I, I just, I really couldn't believe how, how, how it affected me or how my body just like let go in there. And, and basically I, I pretty much continued going and in, after that, I, I just, I, I realized how, how beneficial it was for figuring out things and, um, slowing down and sorting pieces out and organizing or, and just, it really facilitated, um, my life in, in general. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you came that day and how your friend was, I think in a little bit of shock because your face was so relaxed. And I remember noticing the difference mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember, but I think you guys hung out for like an hour afterwards yeah. like, out front having tea. And there was definitely a shift from when you came in to when you left. And I, I see that a lot with people. I see 
people's faces changing. Yeah. And even just in a single flow, I see their face go from kind of a stony face to a soft face. Yeah. And it reminds me of when I first started taking yoga when I lived out in California and the yoga teacher would often say, soften your face because Mm -hmm. we'd be doing these poses and, and people would have a hardened face in the poses. And her whole premise was, Look, teach yourself to soften in the midst of, of, of hardship or whatever. And I think that floating helps people do that. So I, I do remember that yes. experience for you. Yes, <laughs> I do too. I, I remember my friend made the analogy. She was like, if I didn't know what you were doing in there, I would have thought you had just done drugs or something. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I was like, is it that different? She's like, yeah. It's interesting too, to jump forward to the conversation that you and I were just having about wanting more of the real and to come through. Yeah. And I think that what happened in that moment after that float was all of a sudden there was a lot more of you flowing through you than there had been before and maybe had been for quite a while. Yeah. And so it was almost kind of like, who is this person? In fact, there's a gentleman that's going to be coming into float in a, in a few minutes after this, who, whose friend said something similar to him a few weeks ago, because not only was it because of his float, but because of some conversation we had, but there was something that shifted in him a few weeks ago. And one of his friends who works with him really closely asked him if he was doing drugs. (laughs) And it wasn't because he was like screwing up, but it was because he wasn't so stressed out. Yeah. And so wound up and he was paying more attention to his friend. And so his friend was just wondering if he was like smoking weed or something, which he wasn't. But anyway, so it's, it's really just about like all of a sudden there was more and in the room than than there had been uh, previously, I think. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I, we we were just talking about this. I I just, I find that the floating helps. I, I don't get stuck. Um, like mentally on, on things as much. And the floating really helps with that and and just prioritizing and, and just sifting through stuff that's going on and not, and not getting caught up in in things as much. Yeah. It's so, so, it's so beneficial. One of the things that I think you use a lot here is me (laughs) in the sense of, (laughs) in the sense of like, you and I talk a lot after your floats. Yes. Talk a little bit about that in terms of how your interactions with me over the last few years has been a component in terms of your progression through all of this. Um, I, <laughs> I I don't even know where to begin, but I will like let me start with my my uh, I mean my most recent experience um, is is that I, I was down in, well, maybe don't say the the place. Okay. So I went to another float center and I, it's in another state. Okay. So another part of the country. And, and I was, you know, I, I went and visited my brother and I was like, you have to try this. This is the most amazing thing I've ever done for myself. And I think he, he was just, he noticed a difference in me and he was like, really, he wanted to go floating. Cause he was just like, he, he noticed a shift and, and he was really excited about it. So we went to this float center and, and the experience was 
just much different than, than what I experienced here with iFloat and with David. And it was, it was much, much less personal. Um, there was no discussion about how your float was and like what, you know, what things were going on and, or anything like that. And my brother was just like, that was, that was okay. He was like, I just, and I was like, yeah, that, that's nothing like what I have ever experienced. Like, it was kind of strange that like when I went to the other place and that was like where it really hit home for me, how much like David is part of iFloat and how, um, I mean, floating is one thing, but I think that the way that this is set up with, um, you know, the, the community room for people to sit and have tea, um, and just, you know, relax and you can talk to people or you don't have to. Um, but David has definitely been, uh, you know, he's as much part of, um, the floating and the, the process of, um, sorting through, uh, I guess your thoughts and, and what you're uncovering while you're floating and then coming out. Um, I mean, there's so many things that David has helped me with. I, I don't even know where to begin. Like from the beginning, it was just like work stuff. And you're like, oh, did you ever think of it that way? And I was like, no, but that's a really good point. <laughs> I, I don't like there, you know, I was having conflicts at work and David was just like, well, what about like thinking of it like this? And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of it. Um, but I probably wouldn't have even thought to think about these issues had I not been floating in the first place and then coming out and, and kind of, you know, trying to digest my thoughts. And David would always be there for like sound, like a soundboard. And, and it was, it just really, I, I can't, I can't say enough, like how, how helpful and like amazing it's been to, you know, have somebody like you to help me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think I remember, and it reminds me that I should be doing this more often, but I did this talk probably a few months after you started, it's called how to reduce stress. And one of the things that I did in the talk, and there were about eight or 10 people that came is I kind of laid a foundation in terms of how the mind is structured. And you later took like the actual class and stuff. But I think that that may have been helpful to you and to other people because it just started to give also a framework for us to have like conversations. But it also reminds me of, of, two different groups of people that came in actually just recently. Um, just recently there was a husband and wife that came in and they came out and they like were totally blissed out. They were like, Oh my gosh. And the guy was just talking about this and that and memories that came up and all sorts of things. So it was more just like having a, like a flowy conversation with him and his wife. And then just recently though, there was another couple that came in and one, it was, um, it was a boyfriend and a girlfriend and she came out and she, had a hard time and she was tense when she came out. So it wasn't just like, Oh, it was great. You know, she was really tense and was kind of beating herself up a little bit about the experience. And so I sat down with her and with her boyfriend and talked a little bit about her reaction, which had, which she called claustrophobia, but I was helping her to understand that it wasn't so much about claustrophobia because obviously she could get out anytime she wanted to. And some part of her mind knew that. So I was explaining to her how the mind is not like a singular thing. It's made of pieces. And that's always a really big thing for people to think about that they're made of many pieces. And so I was telling her is like, you know, some part of your mind 
knew that you could get out anytime you wanted to, but there was another part of your mind that was resisting slowing down. And so it elicited this response of like, I'm, I'm scared and I'm, and I'm in danger or whatever. And when all was said and done, she was pretty relaxed and started to actually look at places where she tries to control things that she cannot control and starts to dump a lot on her plate that she doesn't really need to be dumping on her plate. And so that was a really big shift actually, not only for herself, but actually her in relation to her boyfriend. And so there was just a kind of release of energy as I would describe it in the room. And that was really important because it's what she brought to the table. And here, what I do and given my, given my background, which is different than some people who operate flow centers is it's looking at it, looking at floating, not just from the point of view that what happens in the tank stays in the flotation tank, but what a person brings out into the flotation room is an opportunity for them to, to mark something. And so for like the husband and wife that were here recently, what we were doing in the conversation was just marking the amazing experience that they had and the thing, the memories that came up and it was like, great. And for this other woman who was dealing with tension, it was about marking that, that it has more to do with some internal patterns that are going on for her and, and that they can change. And that's a really important piece. So it, it is um, very much like each person, each person's experience is unique. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just like, Hey, you know, what's up this and that. And other times it's kind of like, something like a, like a bigger thing. And I think that that's even the case for you, right? Cause sometimes your floats are like, Whoa, like that was kind of rocky or this is rocky. And other yeah. times it's like, it's more just like a slowdown kind of reset. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, we, I, we were just talking about I, after my float today, I was talking with other people and every, I mean, every float is different, certainly not. And sometimes I, it is just like a, wow, that was, you know, nice and relaxing and, you know, just kind of a nice reset. And then sometimes it's not, it's, it is rocky and, and can be like, oof, that was a little painful, but it, I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's better to be, you know, working through it in there than just letting things that, you know, might not get resolved for me, but that's, you know, everyone's, everyone's float is different, but, and every float is different. Yeah. And that's because like every day we're changing ourselves and the world around us is changing. And so we're really dealing with a new us in a new world as we walk through our days and walk through the week and so forth. So it's like, there's just new challenges uh, that, that we experience. And then the, our mind is very fast. And every time we're floating, we're like exploring different, different layers. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you, which I think is, is relevant is how you changed your relationship to law school and to law. Like I saw that over the course of time. Can you talk a little bit about like how coming here helped that helped you with that a little bit? Um, sure. I, I remember, well, I, I started out with the process. This is when I started out floating and I was studying for the LSATs and I really, I, I was doing it. I was doing, going through the motions and preparing and studying, but there was always this feeling of like dread about the whole process and then about going to law school, but I still was doing it. And, and I, I just, 
I, I, David picked up on it and he, he like picked up on a few like things that I think I said or the way that I, yeah, just like my approach, like the way I was approaching the whole like process and it wasn't positive. I don't think, um, I don't know why, but well, no, I do. I kind of do know why. And so after, after some time, I don't know what, what exactly was the keystone to it, but I, I definitely had a shift and I, and it was once I figured out, you know, what, like why I wanted to go to law school and what I wanted to do with a law degree. And that, that really happened when I was writing my personal statement, which I really used the floating to help me with to write <laughs> and David to help me with to write. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm also like a, 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 a moonlighting, uh, personal essay, uh, tutor. <laughs> yes. A little bit, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I used to do that a lot when I was a teacher. Well, one of the things that happens, and this is true for all of us, is we're all here to do certain things in the world. And and given the training that I have, I can I can pick up on tensions. I mean, we all have tensions, but it just as I got to know you, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's some part of you that was drawn to law, but there were other parts of you that were like kicking and screaming. Yes, and it seemed kind of a little bit like, okay, what are these? what is this tension? What is this kicking and screaming about? Mm-hmm. And, and what you started to see was that it was much deeper than about law. Mm-hmm. It was about like how you were oriented towards your life. And once you started to address some of that and to shave off some of those internal frustrations, then what happened or what, what happens happened for you and what happens for people is we start to free up more what I call like brain circuitry. Mm-hmm. So instead of devoting it to like places where there's like frustration, it frees up and then it can flow into the places where we're meant to flow, which for you was like shifting how it was you were, you were oriented towards, um, towards this idea of being, being a lawyer and, and just your orientation towards being uh, in the world. And, um, talk a little bit about your experience in the class. So here at iFloat, we offer courses based on John Lilly's work and it's this idea of rewriting patterns in the mind. And John Lilly was the inventor of, of floating and he came up with this model of looking at the mind as a biocomputer and adjusting the neural programs that are in our mind and, you've taken the introductory course, which we call the introduction to the art of rewriting. Um, if you talk a little bit about your experience in that, in that, because that is something that makes us unique and it's an important part of, uh, of what iFloat offers. Yeah. Um, I, I took that course over the weekend and, and it was, it was probably one of the, um, most challenging but rewarding experiences I've had um, to, in my memory. Um, it was very interesting. Uh, you know, we sat around at a conference table, and it was basically you know all day long for two days um, with David as the facilitator, and it was just it was really interesting um, having having someone kind of like shine a flashlight on your uh, on things that are going through. Like, at, well, shine a flashlight and forcing you to look at your own mental processes as you're uh, dealing with issues or um, things that are not working well in your life. What did you come away f- with, or what? Are, what are some of the things you came away with, if, if if you can point at it as a result of um, that? 
I, I remember like one of the, uh, the things that I think about frequently now is, um, you know, things like wanting to brush your teeth every day. Um, and, and so like habits for me, like I, I just now think of, um, when I want to get things done and, and it's not happening and I start, I slow down and I'm like, well, what's really going on here? Do I, do I secretly not want to get this done? And like, th- that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of part, like a very small, like example of what kind of goes on through the workshop, but that's kind of what I took away from it. It, it really helped me to step back and, and just kind of like question, like what's really going on here? Like, why, like, why do I want to get this, like what this thing that I, my goal and I can't get it done or I'm not getting it done how I you know want it to be done. And, and so this workshop really helped me, um, like it provides tools to figure out what's really going on and kind of question things under the surface. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on under the, under the surface. And what I think was interesting about taking it in terms of the progression of, of your life was that you ended up taking it like, I think about a month before your applications for law school were due. And you, what you did is you wrote a series of instructions about applying to law school. Yeah. And I remember just as a facilitator, places where you were still challenged to adjust the places where you were resisting law school. Yeah. And so that was timely, yes. I think, because yes. you, your, your applications came out. And of course, I'm going to tell people, Anne ended up getting a, a full scholarship to her program and scholarships to other programs too. But I really think that because you did all that inner work there, your applications were so much stronger yeah. in your personal statement and everything. There's Absolutely. so much, there's so much more of you flowing through the application mm-hmm. than there had been a year earlier. A year earlier, it's <laughs> like the faucets were totally like tightened and there, <laughs> there, there were, you know, you were flowing through, but it was like, wow, it's like really tight. And what happened like, like a year later was there was more flow. Uh, so there was more of you flowing through the application. So then the people could see, Hey, you know, there's some substance to this woman who's applying here. Let's give her some money. Let's get her, <laughs> let's get her in the program. Let's get her practicing law yeah. so she can, uh, she can make a difference out there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That, it was pretty cool. It was very cool. I, yes. I remember I, I specifically signed up for the rewrite cause I was I, right before my applications were due and I, cause I was dragging my feet with the with my essays. And I was like, I don't even know where to go with this. And then I was like, Oh, there's a rewrite. Maybe if I make that my goal. And, and so I totally, I mean, it was, I I totally orchestrated it for that purpose. But as a side note, it really, it, it's the, the, the rewrite gives you just tools for so many, like for anything in your life, but it was very, very beneficial and helpful for applying to law school as well. <laughs> and then being a law student. Yes. And being a law student. <laughs> it's, it's pretty helpful as yeah. I've been observing. And one of the things that we were just talking about was how you're also doing some inner work with another practitioner as well, which is great. And what I was just talking to you about is how like, as you're doing that work on yourself, the floating really comes in handy because when we begin to explore and identify patterns that are going on within us and we begin to adjust them, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to look at the unconscious part of the mind and start to actually not only 
identify what's going on within us, but also change it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, there's resistance, there's fear, there's all sorts of like juicy stuff that starts to, to come up. And that means that, that we're actually digging into something. But what, what the floating does is it helps slow us down to actually get some perspective so we can actually keep moving forward in that work. And what I was just talking to you about is how how John Lilly used floating as a personal exploration tool, that it wasn't just about relaxation or stress reduction, which are both like really nice things, but it was about pulling away external reality so that a person could slow down enough to actually free up enough energy to make those adjustments within oneself so that they can be more of who they are. Mm. And, and so part of inner work is not just slowing down, but having that exchange with the mind outside of our mind, Mm -hmm. because you didn't see all the tension you were emanating, but, but I could see it. And so when you would come out and float and just say this or that, like I could just kind of say, well, what about this and that? And that would create a bit of a shift for Mm. you to then move up, move along. And in a, in a course or somebody's doing more, you know, working with different practitioners, it's that exchange with the mind outside of our mind that allows us to not only see what's going on, but to actually change it. And then the floating helps calm us down enough so that we can slow down to continue to do that work. And so it's really cool to see you doing that. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're like a model eye floater. <laughs> You're an iFloat model. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> well, I, I've, it's been amazing. It really has. That's what, right before this, this podcast, I, that's what I was saying to David. I was like, I don't, I mean, I've come so far and I've like changed so many things in my life. And I know that the floating has totally been um, just instrumental. And David has been instrumental in both of those. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you get a gold medal. It's the it's the Olympics. So <laughs> Anne gets the gold medal oh. for uh, for that, and Al- Alex stepped in. He's 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 working on it too. So he's he's getting there. <laughs> so that's that's good stuff. So, cool. but anyways, that's that's all for tonight for for this episode of the iFloat Radio podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> and you're very busy. And I appreciate you taking the time to share this with other people because people are going to be really interested in your story. So cool. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good day. And we'll see you at the next episode of iFloat Radio. Thank you. Thank you.